0: You know, Veronica Alvarez for example has played on the women's national team for a number of years she was a coach on the women's national team last year she's spending three weeks at spring training with the Oakland A's as a coach on their staff you know five ten years ago that wasn't necessarily happening uh-huh. we've got women on the scouting side of the game you have got women on the umpiring side of the game is it a hundred percent where we want it to be no but it's progress and I think we have to acknowledge that and I think as you talk about CJ Um, and opportunities for her in the future, they're only gonna be bigger and broader as, as we move forward.
1: My piece of advice as the best way to handle that and being the only woman in the room is to really embrace it and to show the value that you bring to that room and that conversation. As a woman, don't minimize yourself so that someone else can feel more comfortable and just own who you are and why you deserve to be there just as much as anyone else, regardless of your gender.
2: You're dialed in to the ABCA's Calls from the Clubhouse podcast, connecting our coaches with some of the best baseball minds in our game. Now here's your host, Jeremy Sheetinger. Back in your earbuds and broadcasting from the ABCA National Office here in Greensboro, North Carolina, Welcome back or welcome to our calls from the Clubhouse podcast. We are still your baseball coaching source for certified audio gold and the place where you come to connect with the very best baseball minds in our game. We are beyond grateful for the tens of thousands of loyal listeners around the world who dial into these shows each and every week. These are here for you on your time when you're ready to get better in the car, at the gym, mowing your ballpark, or just striping your lawn at your home. Find a way to fit these into your schedule, and let's get to work. Find us wherever podcasts are free. Hit subscribe on there. Be kind and leave us a review and a rating, plus share this podcast with anyone you feel like would appreciate these conversations. Connect with us on social media. We're on Facebook and Twitter. Find us at ABCA1945. You can also head over to our website, ABCA.org, if you're looking for more information about what our baseball coaching fraternity here is all about. Also, please feel free to reach out to me directly on Twitter and Instagram at CoachSheets3 or by email Sheets, S-H-E-E-T-S, at ABCA.org. Huge thanks to our great friends and longtime ABCA partners over at Rawlings. Honored to have a company like Rawlings, a true pioneer and staple inside of the baseball community, to reach out and want to support our Calls to the Clubhouse podcast. They wanted to attach their brand to this product as we continue to work to reach every single baseball enthusiast, fan, parent, player, and coach with these episodes and guests from gloves to helmets to uniforms and apparel. These guys have so much to offer each of you. So check out their entire product line on their website, Rawlings.com. That's Rawlings, R-A-W-L-I-N-G-S.com. And we hope to see you join Team Rawlings today. And with that, let's open up this week's podcast as we turn our spotlight on women in baseball. March is recognized as Women's History Month, so how fitting was it that we could make this interview fit and bring it to reality? We brought on two rock stars inside of the baseball community with Ashley Bratcher, the Senior Director of Baseball Operations, right up the road over at USA Baseball and also Mary Morandi, who serves as the assistant director of corporate communications for minor league baseball, both women who are blazing trails. So inside this interview, we reflect on their journeys within the game, from internship opportunities to being educated on the business side of baseball and into how they've worked to carve out their seat at the table. We discuss inclusion in our game. Based on their perspectives, we should all be encouraged by the progress being made but keeping in mind that there will always be more work to be done. we thoroughly enjoyed having Ashley and Mary both on the show, and we know you will too. It's an important conversation that we're excited to bring our coaches this week, so let's not waste one more second. Our first-ever female duo takes the airwaves with the Senior Director of Baseball Operations at USA Baseball, Ashley Bratcher. And also the Assistant Director of Corporate Communications for Minor League Baseball, Mary Mirandi. These ladies are both our guests on this week's Dugout Chatter episode. So get ready, coaches. This great show is coming at you right now. Coaches, thanks for dialing into our calls on the Clubhouse podcast. As we often do on our dugout chatter shows, we're going a little off script, but for something that's very important, and it's an opportunity to talk through women in baseball and how these are emerging dynamics inside our game, and how can we as coaches, how can we on behalf of the ABCA and certainly all of our coaches around the world, how can we be part of the solution to this? We've got two fantastic guests. I'm very excited to welcome them both to the show. Let's bring them in one at a time. First the Assistant Director for Corporate Communications at Minor League Baseball, Mary Morandi. Mary, thanks for jumping on with us.
1: Thanks for having us, seats.
2: I'm excited to have you. Also going to welcome on, not too far away from here in the National Office in Greensboro, down in Cary, the Senior Director for Baseball Operations at USA Baseball, Ashley Bratcher. Ashley, thanks for jumping on with us.
0: Yeah, thanks for having us. Happy to be here.
2: Awesome. Awesome. Let's get rolling downhill on this. And I think starting both of you off with a standard question we asked, but more to lay the groundwork for where this conversation is going to go. Mary, start us off on your career path in baseball. Bring us all the way up from getting out of high school into college and what's really gone on since then and bring us to current day.
1: Sure. So uh, I was a public relations uh, major at the University of Tennessee. And Mm -hmm. once I completed my degree, um, I Uh, Landed an internship with the Tampa Bay Rays. That was my first experience um, in baseball. And uh, there I was a marketing intern. And through the process, I ended up gaining uh, some really valuable experience in a few different departments, including community relations and event Mm -hmm. productions. And I kind of really went into it not knowing much about the business and um, was always a huge baseball fan. But Mm -hmm. as we know... um, you know, it's very different being a fan and, and, and being an executive in the game. Yeah. So I learned a lot through, um, through that experience and learned about all the facets of the game. And I think it truly helped me down the road and made the learning curve uh, a bit smaller when I joined uh, minor league baseball. Mm-hmm. And uh, after my time with the Rays, I, I briefly left baseball and I worked at a PR agency. And one of my accounts there um, was the Rays. But uh, ultimately, my my whole heart was in baseball, and I knew I always wanted to to do uh, you know something in baseball full time, work mm-hmm. in baseball full time. So an opportunity came available at the minor league baseball office. And even though at the time, I didn't know that minor league baseball had a national office yeah, <laughs> and right. um, that it was located in of all places, St. Petersburg, right. where I was living, um, it, it felt right. So um, you know, it, it just really felt right, and um, I'm thankful for everyone who's uh, helped shape my shape my career in minor sure. league baseball, and that includes you know our staff here, um, our colleagues at Major League Baseball, and of course all of the executives um, mm. that I have the pleasure of working with at our 160 teams. So. Mm. You know, I, I I kind of entered baseball uh, very blindly um, and, and just took a chance and and um, was probably a bit naive at the time. But I think uh, I think it worked out well. I think everything kind of fell into place.
2: I got a follow up question for that uh, being green uh, here in just a little bit. But I want to go back to this because mm-hmm. I think even just saying assistant director of corporate communications that that doesn't paint fully the picture as to why you were just a gleaming, shining light to jump on this show in particular. Is that? Mm-hmm. I mean, you chair, you head up the Women in Baseball Leadership event. You want to open that up as well?
1: Yes, absolutely. So in the Minor League Baseball office here, we have a Women in Baseball Leadership Committee. Mm-hmm. And um, since 2014, I've been heading up that committee. And we um, meet uh, pretty much on a monthly basis, and we put on a number of events um, and Activities and initiatives throughout the year um, for women. So we hold the Women in Baseball Leadership event at mm-hmm. the Baseball Winter Meetings every year. We have done that since uh, 2008. That was the first year of the event, mm-hmm. and then um, we have some other um, events as well throughout the year. We have an event called Coffee and Connections that we hold at our Innovator at our Innovators Summit, mm-hmm. and then we also have a mentorship program. So um, something we launched last year when we realized just how important that is, uh, having a mentor, um, in the game. And I know we're going to talk about that a little bit more later, but, um, so those are some of the things that, um, the committee does. And I have, um, the honor of heading up the committee and there's, um, some really remarkable women within our office here that also sit on the committee and, um, Last year, I'm proud to say we held our largest Women in Baseball Leadership event at the Baseball Winter Meetings. We wow. had over 200 women wow. at the event. So, um, just hoping to continue to to grow these programs and give women opportunities in the game, and um, hopefully inspire them to to stay in baseball and, and really, uh, make an impact in the game. Gosh, that's
2: outstanding. Thanks for opening that up for us again. Just gives our listeners that platform to know where you're coming from. Ashley, let's switch it over to you. Cause I'm interested in kind of hearing your background and what's really brought you up to being again, the senior director over there with baseball ops with USA. Can you just walk us through that?
0: Yeah, sure. So I went to, after college, I went to UNC Chapel Hill. Okay. Uh, I grew up at Tar Heel. And so that was, uh, the destination from the start for me. Uh, I actually thought I was going to be, uh, athletic trainer when I started school there. And I did uh, a couple of semesters in the athletic training program there, hmm. um, about halfway through college and that program, they make you take a cadaver lab <laughs> I'm and, out. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, it, that's exactly what I said. Uh, when, when that came around, I thought to myself, there is <laughs> no way this is happening. Um, so I kind of looked for other options. I knew I wanted to work in sports, hmm. uh, as I think a lot of college students are, I was a little naive to what other opportunities existed in sports outside of athletic training or right. coaching or some of your, your sort of staples, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, so I found out that a lot of the credits I had already taken for athletic training would transfer to the sport administration track at North, North Carolina. Okay. Um, so I did that, started uh, being a student manager for the UNC women's soccer team, which is a legendary program in yes. its own right. Yeah. Um, which exposed me to a lot of uh, different sides of the operations that I just wasn't generally aware of. Um, and then while I was a student at UNC Chapel Hill, USA Baseball was actually making the move from Tucson, Arizona, uh, to Cary, North Carolina, where they had just uh, done a deal with the town of Cary to open up the Four Field National Training Complex. UNC Baseball was... Um, under construction at their stadium and actually ended up playing a season out there at that complex. Wow. Um, So the timing all kind of lined up to where USA Baseball had just moved here, had a new facility, they were kind of growing, Um, they posted some internship opportunities, a lot of the work I had done with UNC Chapel Hill Women's Soccer, you know, corresponded, and I was lucky enough to get an internship the summer after I graduated. Um, and I guess the rest is sort of history because I've been here ever since, um, getting hired on full-time that fall, um, and continuing to grow within the organization.
2: You know, as we were talking before we got recording, uh, one of our former employees here at ABCA, Andrew Bartman is now the director of coaching development over there at USA Baseball. And we were talking before and, and obviously him being one of my best friends, we've talked a lot about the structure over there and obviously the staff and the dynamics in place. And I do know this, and you might be impressed. Senior director means that you manage people. You, I mean, are you impressed with that? Who, who would know that? But me, all right. So I'm doing the, I'm doing the, the digging here, um, <laughs> but talk through, cause I know you did get to, to literally be the director on specific teams and be the baseball operations, but now you're managing all the various teams and levels. Talk me through that job. How detailed oriented is that job?
0: It's funny when people kind of ask me, how did I end up here? Um, one of the things it's kind of like that show undercover boss, Mm-hmm where I've in some way done basically every job in this organization at some oh, point. Yeah. Um, and so I think that that has lent itself to me kind of being the position I'm in. I, I started with facility operations at the training complex,
1: okay.
0: um, working with the town of Kerry and the staff out there. Uh, I took on our merchandise program and our equipment program. Um, and then I kind of moved over to where I am now in the baseball operations side of the house. So, Uh, Working with our identification events, which is a a large part of what we do, Mm -hmm. we host a number of tournaments and and tryouts and just general ID events that allow us to identify the kids that get to participate in these final national team programs, as well as they obviously help to, the revenue from those events help to allow us to send teams to Taiwan and Mexico and all over the world. I am on a team of people that, you know, we tackle all of these idea events. Uh, we have a 12U national team, a 15U national team and a women's national team that are mm-hmm. kind of under my umbrella. Uh, as well as some of our de- developmental programs uh, for those kind of off years where we don't have a national team. So very detail-oriented. We have a lot of moving pieces, um, and we literally have people all over the world at any given time.
2: I was going to say, that's the understatement of the podcast so far. A couple, Actually, a couple of things. Let's get out in the open on this. Number one, if you've still got a key to that merchandise shop, I'm going to need that. Uh, if you can pass that <laughs> on, I'm a gear guy. Uh, number two is, how did I land on a podcast as a Kentucky Wildcat? With a Tennessee volunteer and a North Carolina Tar Heel. I feel like, <laughs> I feel like all these things are spinning in hopefully the right direction here, <laughs> um, but now we're downhill. We're just,
0: we're getting into the best time of the year for that. Exactly. know. So
2: and I don't want to, I'm pretty excited. I bet you, well, I bet you both are. I, I guess I am too, but we'll see how things go. Uh, that's a whole nother podcast. Um, <laughs> Let's go into this, Ashley. Take me through the best part of your job. So the thing that you get to do each and every day, or throughout the year. That I mean you really look back. I really love what I do. What's the best part that jumps off?
0: I would say I, I've got two. One is that no no day is the same. Um, okay. You know, each day we're kind of there's different problems to be solved. Um, you know, you could literally be in different parts of the world on any given day, working with youth or you know more elite level players. Um, and then the second piece to me would be just the relationships. I mean, I, yeah. I've got a tremendous network of what I would call friends at this point, um, of whether they're coaches or scouts or parents of kids, um, that we work with or the kids themselves and getting to see them as a 12, 13 year old, you know, and now they're competing for a spot on the 18 year national team and considering, um, you know, am I going to college or am I going to accept a, a right. drafted position with a pro team? So um, just all of these relationships and kind of seeing people's dreams come to fruition in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. um, whether that dream was to just be able to wear the jersey and win a gold medal for your country or whether that dream was a uh, longer aspirations of a career in baseball um, on or off the field. So, you know, those are both two tremendous parts of the job and the opportunity that I get in working here.
2: Love that. Mary, what would you add to that? What, what would be maybe the best thing that jumps off to you?
1: So similar to Ashley, I would say there there are two things um, that stick out to me. Um, the the main one being that uh, within this role, uh, my corporate communications role, I get to combine two of my passions, which are baseball and writing. Mm. So um, that is uh, you know when I was a when I was a PR major and I was exploring opportunities um, in the field. I really didn't know, just similar to what Ashley said, I didn't know about the scope of opportunities that were available Mm -hmm. within the game. So, um, but kind of, uh, an interesting story before me, this role actually didn't exist in minor league baseball. Wow. So, um, when I was working in what was then called our marketing department, kind of the, the, uh, first department I worked in here, um, I expressed an interest in wanting to do more with Mm -hmm. our national partners on the PR side and really making a concerted effort to tell the world about these great partnerships we were building and, Mm -hmm. you know, with some very well-known and and reputable brands. Um, So I knew I had a certain skill set. Um, that I, that's valuable to the company that would be valuable to the company, Mm -hmm. but, um, the communications department had primarily been focused on baseball communications and media relations Mm -hmm. and not so much, um, business communications. So once I got it in my head, um, that, you know, we have a need for this, this is something that, um, you know, I should explore. I did a lot of research, um, about the role that corporate communications plays within a company, sure. and its and its value um, to a company. So, I presented the idea and and why I felt like there was a need for it in minor league baseball to our president and CEO, Pat O'Connor. And thankfully, he was you know incredibly receptive um, to the idea and really allowed me to to shape uh, this role because again, it had never existed um, before before me. So. Um, and, you know, I'm really proud to say that in a short period of time, we went from having essentially very little corporate communications functions to really, um, embracing what we do with it. And now, you know, we can measure our impact in the marketplace. And so many people tell us, um, that they, they're constantly reading about minor league baseball in the news. And I'm, I'm really proud of that. And, um, So I would say that would that would be the first thing. And then um, just as a PR professional, um, I love that I have the power to tell our audiences how we want them to think and feel about minor league baseball. And uh, that's a huge responsibility. And I truly have a passion for baseball and specifically minor league baseball. So that's a responsibility I, I don't take lightly so I would say those are the two things that that really stick out to me about um, what I love about my job
2: that's fantastic you know in the course of us getting prepared for this call which has been over the last few weeks you know I've, I've come to find out a couple of things one is Mary's a very passionate Boston Red Sox fan and so having yes, that's right <laughs> having that having that that deep passion for a team and like you mentioned really sports and baseball in general when that Opportunity came to work in baseball. How fulfilling was that? And I think the question I was going to a minute ago was how green were you? How naive were you to the true business side of this? Because it's one thing to be a fan. And I, you know, it's right. so you, you watch uh, message boards and you watch social media, and a lot of things come in. And, and again, when you've been on the other side of the fence, and Ashley would, would resonate with this as well, you just look at it differently. Because man, I know that you see it through the eyes of a fan, but man, there's this whole other side to why these decisions are being made and why these things are falling into place. How green were you to that? But again, kind of, kind of walk us through that.
1: Sure. So uh, I had always said that I want to have a job where I get to do something in baseball every single day. Okay. Um, and um, I didn't know what that would look like or mm-hmm. how I would actually do that. And and like I mentioned before, I didn't really understand that so many different roles existed that I could pursue. Mm -hmm. And, you know, through this process and kind of my first uh, opportunity with minor league baseball was in our marketing department. And I did have a background in marketing as well. So it was a natural fit there. But that opportunity really helped me learn a lot about the game and and the business side, like you mentioned, Mm -hmm. Um, and really learning to separate the two of being a fan and this being your career and i think um you can find that happy balance where you can still go and enjoy events and go to games and and still uh enjoy being a fan and uh there's times when it's a- about the business <laughs> and you need to take the emotion out of it mm-hmm. so um but i would say that because i had had some experience at the rays uh, that did help me but there was still a lot to learn, um, when I came on and, um, my first role here, I had, uh, day to day, I had communication with teams and executives and then also, uh, partners. And so it really did help me learn, um, both sides of, of the game and the business. So, um, you know i'm thankful for that opportunity to have have started there um but ultimately i knew um my passion and my skill set was in the writing area and so i i really wanted to see how i could again combine my two passions which were wow. baseball and writing and um i'm really lucky because i say this is this is my dream job um if there's what I would what I would want to be doing is this, um, because I get to live and breathe baseball every day when I come to work, and and I get to write, and it's amazing. Wow!
2: Have you already thought through your retirement job as an adjunct English professor? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I'm kind of a, a grammar uh, junkie or grammar nerd, whatever you want to call it, and uh, I actually love uh, proofreading and, and, um, oh, man. maybe, maybe a little too much, um, sometimes, <laughs> but, uh, I think, you know, again, that's kind of one of those things that, uh, yes, my background was in PR. So I had that foundation, but it's one of those things you just, you get better as you do it more and more. Sure. So,
2: I'm going to start sending all my tweets to you so you can sign off on them so there's no uh, errors inside what I'm throwing out there. (laughs) Okay, that
1: sounds good. I can do
2: that. (laughs) Um, Ashley, same question. And I I would liken to think that maybe soccer was your first love growing up. Is that about right?
0: Actually, no. Baseball was my first love. Okay, all right. Um, I I wore a backwards Yankees, fitted Yankees cap. To every single day of fifth grade. Mary, of course she did.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm signing off of this podcast
0: now. <laughs> It's been fun, ladies. Thanks for jumping on. <laughs> I take partial credit in that 98 World Series win. There you go. <laughs> um, no, okay. It's,
1: I, I take credit for all of the, the Red Sox World Series wins. Yeah, so there it is. But it's good. We're all good.
0: <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I grew up a, in a baseball household. My, okay. my dad, and my brother were, were big time baseball fans. so I, I grew up liking baseball, um, knowing baseball, kind of like a lot of girls this day and age still when I got to middle school, you know you were kind of told well, you know go play softball that, that's yeah, your, yeah. your opportunity. I didn't necessarily really fight it and, and I played softball from there on out. Uh, and then played basketball as well. So um, we were kind of one of those households that you played every sport in front of you. And if you were playing tetherball, you were still trying to beat your brother or sister. Beating didn't didn't really matter. Yeah. Um, So yeah, so I grew up in a sports household. Um, I didn't necessarily uh, aim to work in baseball specifically. Um, You know, the soccer opportunity at UNC was an opportunity to be a part of like I said earlier, a legendary program, um, and I just wanted to be around winning. So the sport itself didn't really matter to me. Um, I did learn a lot in that exposure, both um, on and off the field in the sense of what do, does the behind-the-scenes look like, you know, what is operations. Um, I worked with their camps program, which is enormous, Yes. Um, which really helped me on the administration side of things. Um, but then also just kind of being around a winning culture and that reinforced to me that I wanted to be a part of a, a winning program, whether that was soccer or baseball or basketball. And I wanted to, at the end of the day, feel like my role within that program, big or small was contributing to that overall success. Gotcha. Uh,
2: obviously at the time we've been around, I don't take you as someone that gets intimidated very easily, but I'm, <laughs> guess, but I'm guessing that walking into that internship with USA baseball did, were your eyes bright? I mean, were you just, Oh my gosh. There's, Cause again, the more you get to know about organizations and things they're doing, I think when the scope starts to present itself, it's like, man, this thing is much more far grasping than I even understood. Did you have that moment?
0: Yes, I, I did for sure. Um, in part because there was a, a lot I didn't know and still a lot I don't know. Um, I was also, you know, 22 years old and that was my sure. first opportunity. And, you know, a lot of times your first opportunity isn't of that magnitude. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I think that caught my attention a little bit. Um, And then we had also just that summer, you know, I started in like April, we had just come off of a world baseball classic. The summer before had been the last Olympics, 2008. Mm -hmm. And so there was just a lot of energy around Team USA, particularly in the sport of baseball. And and it was certainly overwhelming, Um, you know, as a 22-year-old kind of, figuring out your first gig. Yeah, makes
2: sense. Okay, I want to get into the meat and potatoes of this interview. And I got to put this out there. And, and just for full transparency and, and full disclosure, um, this episode became very real for me. It's always been an idea. We always want to make sure we get the right people on and uh, make sure we're putting our stamp of approval on the the correct people. But it's been an idea on the table. It really didn't come to a place where, man, you've got to make this happen. you got to wrap your mind around this idea until my daughter came into my life when Charlie Jolene was born. And I had to look at little CJ and go, okay. So as a baseball coach all my life and all about growing up men and the whole thing, now I've really got to warm this side of my heart to, man, there's a place for you and I've got to make sure I'm fighting for you. And I'm, it's changed the dynamic so much. And I hope that there are fathers listening to this going at, yeah, the daughter changes everything. And she certainly has for me. So this is an interesting show because, uh, again, you two are so special in what you do, and the, the bulk of this conversation is going to paint a, a very broad picture uh, with some details inside of it of of where we are with women inside of our sport. So, Ashley, start us off on this. When you're looking at the big picture, the current landscape of women in baseball, can you just kind of paint that picture for us? What does it look like from where you sit?
0: Yeah, so I'm I'm actually feeling very positive about the, the direction and inclusion of women in mm-hmm. baseball. You know, when I was hired on full-time at USA baseball there were about nine full-time staff and I was the only female um we're close we're approaching 40 full-time staff now and I would say a third of us are female which is very positive uh in my opinion I would also say looking at the larger landscape um there's a lot more women working in baseball outside of maybe your more traditional female roles so Mm. Um, you know, Veronica Alvarez, for example, has played on the women's national team for a number of years. She was a coach on the women's national team last year. She's spending three weeks at spring training with the Oakland A's, yep. um, as a coach on their staff out there at spring training. Um, you know, five, 10 years ago, that wasn't necessarily happening. Sure. You've got women on the scouting side of the game. You've got women on the umpiring side of the game. Mm. Is it a hundred percent where we want it to be? No, but it's progress, and I think we have to acknowledge that, and I think you know, as you talk about CJ um, and opportunities for her in the future, um, they're only going to be bigger and broader as, as we move forward.
2: Let's hope so, and and I will say this, cutest kid ever. I mean, I love Cooper, but CJ, <laughs> no, bias. She, no bias. She is the cutest kid ever, uh, cutest little girl I've ever seen. Um, yeah, and you mentioned Alvarez. I was thinking of another, Haley Alvarez, who's the director of scouting for the A's, and yep. um, her, her name's come up a lot, especially in doing research for the show, is that she is being tabbed as possibly one of the first female Major League Baseball general managers soon. And just because she's worked her way up from an internship to now leading the scouting department for a Major League team. And so, again, I agree with you. I think the, it's a positive look at where we're at. Mary, do you see any differently? Again, you're kind of on the ground floor there on the minor league level and certainly what you do with the women in baseball leadership group. But h- how do you see things?
1: Yeah, I I agree. I think it's incredibly encouraging uh, to see the roles that women uh, currently hold in the baseball industry, um, especially in comparison to even ten and fifteen years ago, um, when you know Ashley and I started our our careers. Um, you know, now we're seeing, uh, as as Ashley also mentioned, we have women umpires and. Um, broadcasters, in fact, um, just recently, I'm not sure if you guys read, but, um, the Salem Red Sox, uh, within minor league baseball now have the first and only all female, uh, broadcasting team.
2: No. So, okay.
1: Yeah, so that was a, a huge accomplishment, and uh, both of these women are, are so incredibly talented and absolutely deserve um, to be in the roles that they are, mm-hmm. and so that's a, I, I think that's a huge step, and, you know, we're seeing more women um, serving in general manager roles and team presidents, mm-hmm. and I think we've really just scratched the surface as to what we can accomplish in the game and what we can really contribute to the game. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think uh, men in the game have had a huge role in helping facilitate that shift in mentality and and being an important part of the change in the baseball industry. So they should truly be commended for that. And, you know, we try as much as we can um, within our uh, women in baseball leadership group to uh, include the men in our office and within uh, minor league baseball uh, to share ideas and really talk about how, how can we work together uh, to, to facilitate change and, and how can we um, work to better understand each other's needs and, and where the other is coming from. So, uh, but I do find it very, very uh, encouraging and positive And, and I hope that it just continues to, to move in the direction that it is. And, uh, similar to what Ashley said, you know, are we at 100%? No. But, you know, even within the minor league baseball office, we're about 50-50 men and women. Wow. And um, our, our fan base is also uh, very equal um, mm-hmm. men and women. So um, we're finding not only women are wanting to be a part of this industry as a career, but as fan, as fans as well.
2: That's it. Um, Mary, I mean a different path here, but I think a fair question, how often do you find yourself as the only woman, or at least and maybe not relative, especially to that minor league office, cause you said you do are 50, 50, but out mm-hmm. in, out in space and, and, and obviously traveling the country, how often do you find yourself as the only woman or very few in the room? And would you mm-hmm. offer, uh, again, if there's a young girl, listening to this, if there's a young professional woman, listening to this specific strategies to handle that situation, what would you, what would you get into?
1: Um, as you mentioned, in, in minor league baseball, um, not very often because I think we've made a concerted effort, um, whether it was through our diversity inclusion initiative, um, mm-hmm. to recruit and retain women. But, you know, I, I do take part in meetings with partners, and um, I do have times where I'll go to ballparks and, you know, it, it's really uh, I, I've seen a change uh, within okay. the time I've been here um, where, it, it's pretty even, and I don't oftentimes find myself, or really ever, being the only woman anymore in the room. And my piece of advice um, as the best way to handle um, that and being the only woman in the room is to really embrace it and to show the value that you you bring to that room and that conversation. And as a woman, don't don't minimize yourself so that someone else can can feel more comfortable and just own who you are and why you deserve to be there just as much as anyone else, regardless of your gender. Mm
2: -hmm. Quick follow-up. When you when you catch yourself in these moments and it's no different than, you know, interviewing for a job and you can kind of feel that, man, this guy's not into me or or, or, this woman's not into me. I'm probably not going to get this job. Or you go to these these offices and you're in front of someone, you're like, he's not, she's not giving me my due, how do you approach that situation? Are you a kind of barge through the wall and get bloody or do you kind of back off and let it, let it sit?
1: Uh, no, I prefer to, to take the latter, uh, latter approach. I think because we are, uh, so passionate about our, our careers, our, our, you know, impact within, um, the game, I think that really resonates. And I think when people realize, um, just how much, uh, you are invested in what you're doing, Mm -hmm. uh, that gained you a lot of respect. So I work with PR professionals and other companies, um, other sports leagues, uh, a variety of people. And, um, I, I think still it's kind of interesting that there is, uh, still that, little bit of a surprise for some people that yes. wow you know so much about the game yes um yes. <laughs> you know so i think i i wouldn't say that you know i ever felt like minimized or disrespected but it was more from the uh, perspective of wow you know a lot and hmm. um you know so there is still some of that and uh sometimes feeling like you almost have to uh defend that like yes. oh okay but this is my, this is my industry and I should know a lot about the game. Um, and for me personally, I mean, having a passion for baseball and then also for writing, it helps me be better at my job. And Mm. so I, um, you know, although I try to take the emotion out of it, of like we talked about being a fan versus the business side, um, having that, um, love for the game helps me, um, do my job better. So, Mm. Again, I would say the thing that I, I still get sometimes is just um, my how much knowledge I have about the game mm-hmm. and how I can sit with pretty much anyone and have a conversation about what's going on in the industry, um, you know, what we have to look forward to, what are the key issues we're facing and things like that.
2: That's outstanding. Um, Ashley, same question. again, you know, relative to the women's national team, certainly, Uh, you're with other women inside that room, but there are opportunities where you're working with these other national teams where you may be the only female in the room around a coaching staff, around the players, around team personnel. How do you handle that? How often does it happen, but how do you handle it? What are some strategies you use?
0: Yeah. So I would say more often than not, when I'm on the road or traveling with the program, as you mentioned, outside of being with the women's team, Mm -hmm. I'm generally the only woman in the room or, or one of very few. Yeah. For me, I, I'm not uncomfortable with it, and I think um, I think the moment that you kind of uh, that you put it out there that it's abnormal or that maybe it's not desirable, then you kind of give the the rest of the men in the room permission to accept that as truth as well. Okay. Um, so I, you know, for me, it's about um, working hard, pulling your own weight, um, and you know whether we should have to prove ourselves or not. I think everyone has to prove themselves. Mm-hmm. So. Going in and, and doing your, your share of the workload, um, whether that's something like pulling tarp or, you know, talking about a, a recent pitcher's outing, um, mm-hmm. not minimizing yourself so that you're not giving others to permission to minimize you as well. So, and then at the end of the day, you kind of ultimately earn that respect from your peers, whether those are men or women, um, in the same way that you're, you know, you're looking to them to earn your respect from you. So I think, you know, it is what you make of it. Um, and I've got a lot of great relationships I've built with with coaches and, and the like, most of which are men. And, you know, I have brothers and they've become brothers of mine, you know, an extent, extension of my existing family.
2: Yeah. Okay. So this podcast and a lot of uh, the topics, we can talk about infill play and pitching and catching and hitting. And then obviously the spotlights that we do with Dugout Chatter, but. Um, the big theme that comes back to a couple things, one is valuing relationships over wins. Another one comes back to personal growth and, and making sure that as coaches, as leaders, uh, we're constantly trying to find ways to challenge ourselves where we're at, grow, evolve, move. Ashley, how are you pushing yourself to evolve? Just even within the current role, or especially even at USA Baseball with your duties, how are you really guiding yourself towards uh, becoming better each day?
0: Yeah, so I would say a couple of different things. Um, one for me is just kind of identifying your weaknesses and um, mm. trying to make them stronger. You know, when I was growing up, I was terrible with the left hand dribble. And I was always yeah. told that, well, if you make your left hand better and practice with your left hand, your right hand will be better. I still don't know why how that works, yeah. but it does. <laughs> <laughs> um, so for me, you know, my strength, i knew what my strengths were um, in my position, and, and a lot of those are administrative and operationally based. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a, a love for and understanding of the game, but um, you know, the scouting side, for for example, is something that as I continue to work with some of our um, more premier national teams, like our 15U national team that that won the World Cup down in Panama this mm-hmm. year. Um, I realized that that would only help me as I was moving forward. So I actually went to scout school two years ago. Um, I think the one I went to is actually the last official scout school yeah. that was held. Yeah, that's right. Um, and I spent 10 days out in Arizona, you know, with members of the scouting bureau and, and you know, other members of the baseball community working in professional, uh, with professional clubs and really dug in on understanding um, what they're looking for, what we ask of scouts, the language um, and the like. And again, I have no aspirations of being a scout, but that helped um, to better round me out um, in some of the different situations that I'm in and to earlier parts of our conversation yeah. um, allowed me to be that much more um, respected by my peers when, when in that setting. So just some continuing education, things like that to, to sort of you know, make the weak weak spots stronger, and, and yeah. continue to round out. You know how you can add to to programs across the board.
2: Are you a are you a reader? Are you a podcaster? Are you a more of a phone call mentorship type? How does your learning really guide itself?
0: Yeah, I'm a reader, um, and I like to get input from other people on suggestions, okay. and then kind of navigate through. Um, Different suggestions from other people that have helped them, or that they found impactful reads, if you will, and yeah. you know some pan out more than others. But I'm a reader because I like to kind of internalize and and digest myself um, the pieces that are meaningful to me, um, and then how how I want to apply those pieces. I love it. Well, we gotta get that. Sp- this podcast on your phone by the end of this interview, um,
2: <laughs> Mary, <laughs> Mary, uh, same type question. How are you pushing yourself to involve in your current role? And obviously within minor league baseball, and then again, just kind of open up, what do you do to learn? What do you do to kind of push yourself to grow?
1: So I have a favorite phrase, uh, that I created, um, that says, if you don't evolve, you dissolve. Ugh, I so, like it. Yeah, so um, I try to always keep that in the back of my mind. And um, as I go about my day and as I go about um, you know, each, each year in my career. And one of the things I love about minor league baseball specifically is that we are constantly being challenged to elevate and to, to be innovative and never let ourselves get complacent. So I recognize that not all companies do this. And as a result, people can get bored and burned out. And, um, so each year, um, we go through a goal setting process and evaluate those goals multiple times throughout the year. And then you can really see the progress that you're making and evaluate, you know, what are your areas for growth and, and what are, um, things that, that you kind of can check off your list that you've been able to accomplish. Um, but, you know, one thing about, uh, being in a communications role is that you can never really get too comfortable and sit back because things are always moving, moving so quickly changing on, uh, you can't even say on a daily basis anymore, really more like an, on an hourly basis. (laughs) And so, um, you know, uh, things are always changing and moving. And so, um, you know, you're, you're almost forced to, to move at that pace. And, uh, for me personally, I like to, um, read PR newsletters. Um, I like to absorb, um, my news more, um, online as opposed to watching the news or something like that. But one thing I've learned through being a a PR executive is that, you can never really take anything at face value, sure. <laughs> and the the first thing that you read. So I try to read, you know, different perspectives, um, different points of view, and really try to understand where people are coming from. And so um, I think uh, that really helps me to to kind of get a good grasp on things, and and not just kind of the first thing I read. Okay, that's that's what I'm going with. So, um, but I do like to to read. Um, and stay current on things not only in the baseball industry but also in the communications realm. Because um, meeting with you know executives, PR executives from different companies, um, there's always things that we have in common, and then you know things that really are unique to baseball. So I just try to learn from uh, you know talking to people and and really understanding and hopefully using that knowledge to help me be better in my career, but. I, I do love the fact that, you know, in, in MILB, we're very much, um, challenged on a daily basis. And, um, as Ashley said, yeah, no two days are the same. Yeah. So it, it's never a, a time where you come in and you just go through the motions because that's not, that's not, uh, that's not this industry.
2: Gotcha you know, I think this fits, I know I'm a little off script here. I think it fits right here to kind of go into this and Mary and Ash, I want to hear what you, both of you think you you've both carved out such a, such a defined niche in place within your company and within the game. Um, Mary, start us on this. You're building your personal brand and, and whether you're, uh, aware of that or conscious of that, you are doing that. And I think, uh, we talked with coaches about that a lot. It's probably a future podcast episode about building your personal brand as a coach, again, using social media, Uh, using all the various outlets to make sure that your message is getting across. How are you building your personal brand? And maybe for anyone listening to this, how do you really just stay true to your authentic self? Can you, can you start
1: that? Sure. Um, So this is actually a topic I often hear young women say they struggle with, especially early in their careers. Um, Because, you know, in this day and age, social media is telling them to be one thing or told to dress a certain way or act a certain way. So it's, Really, to easy to lose yourself in that process. So, another quote I love says, "You know, whatever you are, be a good one." And I encourage all uh, women um, to really brace their individuality and be true to who they are, and mm. and to understand that to find who you are is is an evolution. Uh, you don't just wake up one day and go, "Okay, I am," you know, this or this or this, and. Um, you know, it takes time to to figure out who you are, and I think that's part of you know growing in your career and in life. But to to really embrace who you are, and I think um, you know to always remember that within your personal brand, as you mentioned, you're not only representing yourself, but you're also representing your um, organization. Right. And I've seen often, too often, how a person can morph into something uh, he or she isn't just to be liked. And, you know, my feeling is that, um, as you're building your brand, uh, as long as you treat everyone with, you know, kindness and respect, there's a place for you in baseball. And, Mm -hmm. and, um, as they say, I hope we all make it. (laughs) And, (laughs) um, so, uh, I think, you know, whatever it is that you're passionate about, whatever it is that, that you, um, can bring to the game that's unique to you and own that and, and use that uh, as part of, um, as part of your brand. And don't, um, again, don't minimize yourself. Don't shy away from that. So that would be my advice.
2: Outstanding. Ashley, anything to
0: add to that? I don't have a lot to
1: add. I, I think from where I sit,
0: I've never, or I wouldn't say never, but I haven't really been as cognizant of this concept of, of a personal brand,
2: okay.
0: Um, I think because my role, sort of, in life with with different teams and different jobs and and the like, I've always felt like more a part of a team and like our team had an identity than than me as an individual. Um, and so, I guess my mm-hmm. my one piece of advice in pursuing your personal brand, and and Mary said it about being your authentic self, is. Um, it's a slippery slope of getting wrapped up in this almost character you you've created. Um, and it can be distracting. Um, and so just being cognizant of making sure you're being authentic and that, um, it's, it's about the larger picture and, and you don't go too far down the road of like this person you've created that you now have to, to be.
2: Right. No, that's fair. I, 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 I really felt you were going down a path of servant leadership because that's kind of like your job. Your path to this point is really falling back to your job is to make others look really good and serve sure. others. You see that?
0: No, absolutely. I think that's uh, that's a big part of being successful is yeah. you know leading by example and making sure that those around you um, have what they need to be successful and and you know that you're uh, a part in providing that for them. Got it. Okay.
2: You've both mentioned a few programs, and certainly what Minor League Baseball has done. uh, And again, Mary, within just the Women in Baseball Leadership Group, but also the the uh, the Diversity Initiative, and then USA Baseball really taking upon this USA Women's National Team a few years ago and growing that space. Ashley, are there other programs or outreach that you do, or that uh, USA Baseball does? that's really geared towards, uh, raising up women towards understanding how to develop this career or opportunities that may be out there. Is anything you would offer?
0: Yes. Yeah, so we actually, um, there's a national program called wise women in sports and entertainment, okay. uh, that two years ago they, um, launched a greater Raleigh chapter, um, in USA baseball. We have been a sponsor of that, um, the past two years since they launched, um, so the concept is really it's it's women in the area working in sports entertainment. So women from the Durham Bulls, women from mm-hmm. the colleges around here, women from um, Wasserman or sports marketing agencies, you know, prime, uh, prime sports, things like that in the area. Getting together once a month and sometimes it's um, mentorship sessions. Uh, last night we actually had an event and it was a panel on um the evolution of technology in our space and sure. um, how to keep in touch with that. As I mm-hmm. had to download Skype to be on this podcast. <laughs>
2: <today>. <laughs> just try to um, challenge you every day. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. We do. We also do things just like m- social things. well there's the April um, get together is a yoga session. Um, wow. So uh, just a chance for us to connect and network, and you know, bounce ideas off of each other, make each other aware of opportunities coming up, connect people. Um, and then really hopefully also take away some some tangible growth opportunities. So we've been a part of that the last two years. I think it's been a great organization and it continues to grow in the area and I think is a great way for us to get outside of our little baseball bucket and and be a part of a little bit of a larger um, women in sports community. Can I
2: pull back the curtain on this? How have you been challenged by being part of that group?
0: I have been challenged. um, I've just been challenged by uh, speaking with people that aren't in my direct space and don't understand directly the challenges of, of baseball and and working in a governing body Sure. Um, and really having to kind of dig in and learn some of what these other women do and, and then um, challenge ourselves into how can these things apply to one another and how can we help one another? Um, Cause it's easy within our own space and with female interns and, and, within USA baseball and having a clear understanding of what they do and what they want to do mm-hmm. um and just kind of having to open our minds to the broader picture again of women in sports and where all the opportunities and challenges uh lie.
2: Sure. Mary, you've already opened up a lot of again the things that Marley baseball is doing. Can you give a little more detail inside those things that are really geared towards career development and then again kind of the follow up with Ashley? What have been the takeaways that, that you've walked home with that have really getting involved in these different ways or these conversations or these, these new relationships? How has that really grown you?
1: Yeah. So as I mentioned, a, a few of the, the programs and initiatives that are under the women in baseball um, umbrella. And we also have a program, uh, a couple of programs here. Um, one is called the field program, which stands for Fostering Inclusion Through Education and Leadership Development. Mm. Um, That is part of our um, diversity and inclusion initiative. And that's really to, again, um, give women and minorities an opportunity to be a part of the game and really expose them to the business um, of baseball and having a career in the game. And so that is something that, um, you know, it's a week-long Almost camp, if you will, and um, students apply from all over the country to come um, to. And we hold the event at um, Dodgertown, so which obviously, as you know, that has a great deal of history and lots of firsts um, Mm -hmm. taking place there. So we hold the event there um, annually, and um, we've seen great success in that program and people walking away from that wanting to be. Um, part of the baseball industry and really learning so much again about, like we said, careers that are available to them. And, you know, one thing that I think our president does a great job of when he speaks to students is that, you know, we need all different kinds of people in baseball. And so if your thing is numbers and you love numbers and, you know, you that that's where your skill is. Uh, that's great. Every, you know, every team needs a CFO, every team Mm -hmm. needs a controller. Um, You know, so it's not, it's not so defined. And so really educating people and letting them know that um, there are opportunities for you um, in this game, no matter kind of what your area of interest is. And so uh, I love that. And, Mm -hmm. And just really educating people. And then uh, this year, we launched um, our MILB Associates program, which is our our internship program. And um, we had had an internship program in the past, um, but we we really um, wanted to create something that was very structured and uh, you know gave people in a number of departments here real live experience and opportunities and. Mm. That includes everything from going out to our ballparks and spending a day there and working there and learning and sitting in on meetings and being uh, a very integral part of uh, what's going on here and not just kind of being in the background. Really, um, I consider our communications associate to be the third member of our department. Um, also a little bit different than kind of my first um Few internships, whether it was in uh the communications field or baseball. Um, so those are a couple of things that we're doing. And then within uh Ashley mentioned WISE, um, we also have a WISE chapter here in Tampa Bay. Okay. So we are looking to um within the women in baseball umbrella really uh expand our reach into our community and you know host events here at the Minor League Baseball Office. Uh, one to really educate people about the fact that we're here. And, um, we exist, uh, so many times when people say, you know, where do you work? And I say minor league baseball, they immediately say, Oh, what team? And I have to explain, (laughs) no, it's not a team. It's, you know, the national office and here's what we do. And, you know, when you explain that to them, their eyes really light up and they're like, wow, I I didn't even know such a thing existed. I'm like, no, you're not alone. (laughs) Um, and that is, you know, that is part of the work that we need to do. So we need to, uh, really want to expand our reach out in the community and, and have the, have that dialogue with other women in the sports industry. And again, men as well, and, Mm -hmm. um, really learn how we can work together to, to further, uh, women in the game. And I would say, uh, the, the biggest thing that I've, I've learned, um, throughout the process of heading up the women in baseball committee and, and being here at minor league baseball, uh, is that women are such an important part of the conversation. Mm -hmm. And, um, I'm just truly inspired by, um, the women that I meet at our teams and you know whether they work at a league office or um you know they work here at the at the national office um i'm just really inspired by um the work that we're doing and i i love when i see women really helping each other and lifting each other up mm-hmm. and it, it's not a competition um, we're we're all trying to um, We're all trying to excel in our careers, and I think the more that we help one another, um, the further we'll get along.
2: Yeah, go right back to that. What would be something, and I think it fits appropriately, what would be something, again, if you have the opportunity to speak to, uh, let's hope, thousands and thousands of young ladies, young women, paying attention to this, speak to them about lifting each other up, but certainly encouraging the next generation that's behind them to find opportunities, what would you offer?
1: You know, I would tell, um, women that are, um, looking to break into this industry or are already in, working in this industry that, um, now more than ever, it's so important for us to support, um, and encourage one another, because mm-hmm. I think back to when I entered into the baseball industry And I honestly didn't know where to look to find someone to, you know, bounce ideas off of or simply someone to sit down and talk to about, you know, everything from working in a male dominated industry or how to shape my career. Um, I didn't even know where to start. And, um, you know, I've had the opportunity throughout my career to mentor um, a number of individuals, both men and women. And I just, you know, I try to be for them, um, whatever it is, uh, that they need. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, that could be, okay, I want to run some ideas by you. And am I going in the right direction or, Hey, I just, I need someone to talk to. I often, uh, you know, tell mentees that you'll find through the process, um, of discovering where you want to go in your career. Mm -hmm. It's just as important to find what you don't want to do (laughs) (laughs) as much as what you do want to do. For sure. Um, And so for some, that's baseball. And for some, they realize through the process that it isn't, Mm -hmm. is not baseball. And I think that's a really valuable lesson. So um, I just try to be um, very supportive and um, help people to get where they want to be. That's my main goal. Um, You know, if you want to be a general manager of a minor league baseball team, and, you know, I have the opportunity to work with you um, as, you know, an associate or some other role here in our office. And I want to try to do everything I can to help you accomplish that goal um, and, and lift you up to where you want to be in your career. Um, wow. So that's really what I try to do. I
2: love it. Uh, Ashley, same question. Again, looking at uh, our listenership. If you're able to reach out now and lift up and encourage the next generation of of young ladies that are right behind you, what would you offer?
0: Yeah, so I'm going to take your question as sort of, you know, uh, parting advice, if you will. A little bit, Um, yeah. So for me, I would say to just make sure every step of the way that you're expressing gratitude to those that have helped you. Um, I think that's really important, and I think it's important to remember that wherever you've gotten or whatever success you've achieved, you didn't do that 100% on your own. Um, and so whether that's a mentor like Mary or a parent that supported you through college or you know, supported you when you were on an internship that wasn't paying very much, or a coworker, a peer, or whatever that was, making sure that you're circling back to express that gratitude. Because I think in the long run, that'll pay a lot of, a lot of dividends, um, in keeping those relationships meaningful. Um, and as we know in sports relationships, you know, open the next door. Um, and I think that's really important. Uh, the other piece of lasting advice I would say, if you're going to work in baseball is don't forget the sunscreen.
2: (laughs) For a guy that (laughs) just shaved his head a year ago. Yeah. Don't forget the sunscreen (laughs) (laughs) because you get burned in a hurry. Um, Okay, this is kind of like the Mount Rushmore question we generally have as we're talking with coaches across all the levels. We ask about Mount Rushmore, three or four people that influence them the most. And I think, Ashley, for you, the influences, the mentors that have helped guided you, and I think that's a great opportunity to give those folks some shout-out here on the airwaves. What were the characteristics of those people that made them so influential to you? And then have you found yourself becoming one for others?
0: Uh, I don't know if I've become one for others. Um, Hopefully, you know, we'll... We'll find ourselves in that place one day. Yeah. Um, the characteristics for me are humility, hardworking, um, a good listener, um, someone who's dedicated to what they do and has, has not gotten to a place where they're above doing anything they would ask of another person. <laughs> um, for me, that's really important to be able, you said it earlier, but the servant leadership aspect sure. of, you know, if, if I'm going to ask you to do something, it's something I'm willing to do beside you. That's right um and so that's really those have been important things for me in terms of a a mount rushmore i mean i have to give spots one and two to my to my mom and dad um you know they've done a lot of things for me in my life and uh wherever i end up they played a role in that and i think the bulk of us would be remiss if we didn't include them uh in our mount rushmore um you know i think the rest of it for me is, is a team of people um more recently i've i've found myself really looking up to Jason Maxwell, a coach out of Tennessee, who yes. I think recently did a podcast with you. in yes. um, the way he just goes about his business has really, um, it's just something I admire. And I've known him for mm-hmm. a couple of years. I got to know him really well this year, um, going to Panama with the 15U the national team. And I just, I really admire the way he goes about things. Again, I've met a number of really tremendous coaches and people within USA Baseball. So it's hard for me to kind of narrow it down to just a few because um, they've all impacted me in different ways. Um, you know some more in leadership styles, some more in just personal conversations and, and um, guiding me off the field. Um, so uh, you know it, it'd be hard to start naming a few and, right. and really whittling down to a Mount Rushmore.
2: Gotcha. I love it. that's a fantastic answer. Mary, same question. you're looking at that that huge mountain up there. who are you throwing up there again <laughs> great opportunity to talk about those that have influenced you. Uh, their characteristics, and certainly, I, I, can, I can already get to you. You've become one in a lot of different ways for people. How, how's that process been?
1: So, I would say that the women that I most look up to, uh, in baseball, are those who have managed to have uh, longevity in mm-hmm. the industry, and um, despite the changes in in the sports uh, uh, landscape, and also the women who have stayed really true to who they are and, um, also blaze trails for others. And maybe sometimes not even knowing that they're doing it, uh, at the time and doing it humbly. Mm -hmm. So, um, like Ashley said, you know, I have to obviously, um, say my family, my parents, and my brother are always really supportive of my career and my, my love for baseball. And, um, you know, there's, there's women that I've had the opportunity to meet, um, through the years, um, you know, Kim Ang certainly stands out to me. Um, Laura Juris, who is a longtime executive um with the Braves and uh is now uh with the Minnesota Vikings. Um, she has certainly been someone that has impacted my career. And then um we also have one uh female league president. Within minor league baseball, so I certainly look up to her, sure. Lori Webb. So there's been a lot of people, but I'm I'm constantly, um, you know, looking and trying to learn from women in our career, in our in our industry, and and for my career. And like I said, the ones that have had longevity and have managed to maneuver through the the turns and you know all of the things that come with working in this industry uh, that have managed to um, you know come out stronger on the other side. So, uh, that's what I would say. And then, um, you know, as far as, uh, being a mentor and, and kind of characteristics, like I said, I've had the opportunity to mentor a number of people. And I think if, if you talk to any of them, um, they would say, um, I'm a very attentive listener and, and also an encourager. So, um, you know, when someone's mm-hmm. still finding him or herself um, in a career and work environment, I think it's so important um, that they feel valued and are addressed um, in a positive manner. So, you know, something we hear often um, is, uh, you know, the the term constructive criticism. Mm-hmm. And um, I, you know, when I when I talk to mentors or people that I, you know, o- oversee, I really don't like to use that phrase, right. uh, because when I hear criticism, I naturally think of the word, uh, criticized yes. and, um, who wants to be criticized? <laughs> the guard um, no goes one. up
2: immediately. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. No one wants to be criticized. Sure. So, um, I like to address it more as, uh, actionable feedback, um, is the, is the term I, I like, like to use, yeah. um, So it's, it, you know, it sounds less harsh to me yet. You're still helping the person improve, um, you know, whatever area Mm -hmm. you're addressing. And, um, I, I am big on, um, if someone does something, no matter how small, really saying, great job with that. You know, I think that goes a long way. And no matter where you are in your career, early or late, that's or somewhere in between, I think that always goes a long way. And so, um, you know, I try to say, remind people, you know, uh, no one's perfect. and even in this point in my career, I need my work edited and that's mm-hmm. you know that's part of the process. And you know I tell I tell people and I often hear people say, oh, I'm a you know, I'm a recovering perfectionist. and um I would <laughs> say i'm I'm personally not in recovery yet. Yeah. Um, but uh, haven't every accepted day, it yet <laughs> right, right. Um, but you know, every day, just try to aim for excellence and not mm-hmm. perfection. and um, that's what I try to to relay, um, as a mentor and positivity is, um, is big for me. And I hope that when people go on to their next, uh, career, whether they were an associate here or, um, it's someone that I've crossed paths with, um, I hope that they'll always look to, um, their interaction with me as being positive and uplifting and that, um, that really helps them and encourage them, um, to take the next step in their career, whatever that looks like.
2: Gosh, it's awesome. Um, all right, two takeaways there. One, Ashley, uh, I got something for him to email over to you if you want a little Jason Maxwell unplugged uh, from our <laughs> uh, from our ABCA The Road Show. So I'll make sure I get that to you. And then, Mary, actionable feedback. Like I, I immediately sat back in my chair. That's a great way of rephrasing that. Um, this is off the script. And this is before we get to our last question, but. The one word that I thought would come up that hasn't come up has been hurdles, like what hurdles have have both of you jumped, Um, what hurdles present themselves out there for women in baseball, and that's either one of two things. I've I've tried to sort through this between my ears. It's either the confidence that both you two exude in, in what you do and who you are, or we're just at a much different place than we were five years ago. Which one do you think?
1: I think it's both. Um, I think, um, I think we definitely are in a a much different place, um, than we were even five years ago. But I think too, um, that confidence comes with living and experiencing (laughs) and, um, learning about this industry. And yes, I think, um, you know, maybe the word hurdles or obstacles didn't come up through this, throughout this, um, you know, conversation, but I know myself and I'm, I don't want to speak for Ashley, but I am pretty confident that she has also had some in her career, but I think it's just a matter of how you overcome those and how you look at it. And Mm -hmm. I think that if someone, uh, like I mentioned, you know, if, if you want to do something and you're, you're adamant about doing it, you know, sometimes you're going to hear no, but at least have your voice heard. Um, and so Um, every idea is not going to be embraced and every, you know, everything that you propose is not going to be adopted. But um, I think it's just a matter of, you know, learning from that and then kind of course adjusting, if you will, Mm -hmm. and um, continuing to move forward. And I think I like to find inspiration from not just people in this industry, but women in all industries really pressing forward and really pushing forward for what they want. Um, whether it's in, you know, they're in the medical profession or they're in banking or whatever it is. Um, I think it would be, um, unfortunate if we were just looking at, you know, what are those obstacles within our industry? I think yeah. we're all facing them and have faced them, but you just move forward, um, <laughs> and, and, and uh, just persevere.
2: There, there's a piece of that that you just reframe the word obstacle and treat it more as an opportunity, you know, to overcome something. It's opp- It's a growth opportunity. Ashley, what, what do you think?
0: Mm-hmm. I agree with Mary. I think it's a, a mixture of the two. Um, we've certainly both had our challenges, I'm sure, but it's a matter of how you approach them. For me, the name of the game where I am is problem solving. And so, yeah. you know, we problem solve on a day-to-day basis and whether that's a problem within your job that needs solving or a personal hurdle, mm you know, you can't get paralyzed by it. It's, you have to solve the problem and move on. So I think, um, they're kind of, in my opinion, just blips on the radar because it's, it's just part of the process. Um, and if you get too hung up on it, it being a hurdle itself, then it, then it can kind of become all consuming.
2: Got it. That's fantastic. Okay. Last question I got for, I cannot let you guys off the air without asking, uh, Mary, start us with this one. I think it's a, it's a cool off the subject, not necessarily women in baseball, just overall in general, What's the best advice you've been given? Maybe what's that tried and true mantra that's, uh, that's like permanently stuck between your ears. And then what else would you offer other advice for anyone paying attention to this men, women across all fronts? What would you offer?
1: I would say I, I tell, this is what I try to remember. And I, I tell each one of um, our associates is that you belong in every room that you are in. Mm. So you know, again, I have our associates sit in with meetings with me because I want her to understand she always has a voice no matter who's in that room with her. Um, now with that said, it's important to know, you know, when to talk, when to listen, sure. um, when to bite your tongue and, and, uh, yeah. and, and, all those things, but, um, always know that you belong, um, and you have something to contribute to that room that you are in. And, also, you know, pick your battles, that's always one, yep. um, and and develop a thick skin. Um, so I would say to someone, if, if you're serious about pursuing a career in baseball, know that it won't be easy. Uh, I don't think anyone says, oh, my career path was so easy, I immediately went into the role that I imagined myself <laughs> in.
2: No shame.
1: Um, but uh, but the end result will definitely be rewarding and, and also lots of fun.
2: Love it. Ashley, last pitch of the podcast, what do you got for us? Best advice and other advice,
0: what would you offer? Uh, I would say the best advice I've received is you you can't do if you don't try. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, it's just about you know if you want something, putting yourself out there and making the effort to give it a try, um, whether that's an internship, you, you want, you know, if you don't apply for it, then you can't get it. Um, whether that's, you know, whatever it is that you're trying to um, accomplish. Um, if you don't try, then it definitely won't happen. That's not to say it will happen because you did try, um, but you have to put yourself out there and, and make the effort first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just kind of circling back to earlier conversations in the podcast, um, just expressing your grat- gratitude along the way and making sure that you're acknowledging, um, you know, others that, that kept you on your path and, uh, played a role into getting where you are.
2: Well, real quick, shout out to Laura Heisey, assistant at Augsburg softball program. Uh, she was the first female to jump on the podcast. You guys are the first female duo. So we're we're just creating history here. Just question by question. (laughs) Um, but let me tell you to sit back and listen to this and certainly respecting what you guys do from a distance. Now we get to connect over the airwaves and, and hear directly from you. I mean this with all sincerity. Number one, I hope that CJ grows up in the spirit, just as you guys have laid in trailblaze for her. Um, at the same time, I want to build her in a way that I want to work for her one day. I want her to be so powerful and so confident that I actually require and would want a job underneath my own daughter. But let me tell you this too. Mm-hmm. If you guys are both hiring, let me know because I will jump ship and, and, <laughs> and work under both of you because you've can just you made me better in an hour and a half and it's been phenomenal to relay this information out to our coaches. So again, Mary Morandi from Minor League Baseball and Ashley Bratcher from USA Baseball, thank you both for jumping on and we wish you the best of luck the rest of the year.
1: Thanks so thank much you for you so on. much, Thank you.
2: Coaches, thanks again for checking out our Calls from the Clubhouse podcast and another one of our Dugout Chatter episodes. Here at the American Baseball Coaches Association, our mission is to serve coaches around the world. So please let us know how we can help you out. Head over to our website, abca.org. If you're looking for more information about our baseball coaching fraternity, you could also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Find us at ABCA1945. If you want to reach out to me directly, I'd love to hear from you. You can do that on Twitter and Instagram at coachsheets Three or shoot me an email at sheets, S-H-E-E-T-S, at abca.org. We would love to hear from our loyal members. We'd even love to hear from some new ones as we continue to find new ways to work together at growing the game of baseball. Huge thanks to the sponsor of these Dugout Chatter episodes, our longtime partners over at Rawlings. So if you want more information about what they're doing for baseball and this association, head over to their website, rawlings.com, That's Rawlings, R-A-W-L-I-N-G-S dot com. And thanks again for your support of this podcast. As always, thanks for listening in and staying dialed into our Calls from the Clubhouse podcast. Until next week, we ask you to keep growing, you keep developing, you keep challenging yourself inside this game. We wish you and your club the very best, and thank you for what you're doing for the game of baseball.